Welcome to the Pretty Powerful Podcast, where powerful women are interviewed every week to share real inspiring stories and incredible insight to help women or anyone break the barriers, be a part of innovation, shatter the glass ceiling, and dominate to the top of their sport, industry, or life's mission. Join us as we celebrate exceptional women and step into our power. And now, here's your host, Angela Gennari. Hello, welcome to the Pretty Powerful Podcast. I'm your host, Angela Gennari. Today, we are speaking with Allie McAllister from the Atlanta Injector. Thank you, Allie, for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So Allie McAllister is an Atlanta-based dermatology-certified nurse practitioner with nearly a decade of experience in plastic surgery and cosmetic dermatology and was recently named a 2022 Top 100 Best Aesthetic Injectors in America. That's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. So known as the Atlanta Injector, Allie has a bustling aesthetics practice where she specializes in timeless procedures and she is also the co-founder of Cult Aesthetics, an, adva- an advanced injector conference that sells out across the country each year. That is amazing. Yes. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so for having me. Tell me, what was it that that made you decide on this career path? So, you know, back when I was little, I always loved magazines. If you would have asked me when I was like, I don't know, seven or eight, I remember flipping through my mom's magazines. So I was always attracted to wellness, beauty, Mm -hmm. um, women's daily, all of that was my thing. So I always thought I'd work for a magazine. And it turns out that I think my Instagram is my magazine, but I was also fascinated by the medical components. So I think I found a way to kind of forge the two together. Oh, that's amazing. I love it. So so when you started going into injecting, Mm -hmm. um, what was your initial attraction to that particular? Because, I mean, becoming really, really highly specialized at something takes incredible focus. It does. So in nursing school, I loved trauma. Uh I loved pediatrics, neither of which I do anymore, but I was a pediatric ICU nurse and I loved that inpatient. But I also thought, okay, long term, what do I want my career to look like? And going back to that beauty and that feminine aspect, um, I really loved dermatology. So I started out working for a plastic surgeon um, and I was kind of forced into the injecting component. Okay. Um, He also had a dermatology practice and that's where I started out. I then left and went and joined a medical dermatology practice. There I thought my focus would be completely medical derm, Uh, um, but all my aesthetics patients followed me. mm, So it kind of, if I loved it and then it found me, right? And I finally said, okay, like I give up. This is it, right? Right. Um, And then you have to focus into it. You know, as nurse practitioners, we don't, and even as physicians, you're not trained to do injectables in school. So you have to seek out that specialized training. Um, Okay. I love school. I've been to school for a long time. So it's something that comes naturally to me. So continue education. Now I own a training conference. It's one of those things that if I decide I'm going to do something, I'm going to make sure I'm really good at it. That's awesome. Um, so I've kind of, it's been my focus for almost a decade now. That's so cool. So your your big conference, and, and I used to, I spent 20 years in the meetings and, and events industry, so I understand conferences pretty well. It's a lot of work to put on a conference. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, I think ignorance was bliss when we started yes. Cold Aesthetics. We were, um, so I co-own it with another injector. Her okay. name's Jen Pilat. She's based out of Dallas. Awesome. Um, and we were at a training together. We were in the pool. We were having a margarita, maybe two. And we were like, you know what? All of these conferences are put on by old white 
60-year-old surgeons, yeah, yeah, none of yeah. which are actually injecting day right. in and day out. And we were right, like, right. we're going to change that. We yeah. need to do a conference that's put on by us, yeah, the injectors that are doing this all the time. And it. her fiance, my husband at the time, were like, okay, girls, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, and they were like, and we're going to name it Colt. And they were like, you're not naming your conference Colt. And now we own a conference called Colt Aesthetics. I love it. That's fantastic. Okay. So tell me, why do you think the injector market has taken off so much? Because it really has. Oh my God. Yeah. So it's much. huge. And it's, you know, as far as medicine goes, aesthetics is still in its infancy, which is yeah. really cool. I mean, what yeah. I do now as an injector versus what I did seven, eight years ago, completely different. Um, really? Yeah. Even from what less than a decade. Right. What right. we know about anatomy of the face, what we know about injectables, what's available to us on the market, all of it has yeah. exploded, which is really cool. Right. I think the rise of social media has helped it be a little more acceptable. Right. Um, I think that females now get to decide. I mean, females still dominate the market, right? They're the majority of my patients. Um, Now we get to decide if we want to have aesthetics done. Yeah. Right? Which is really cool. We've kind of taken ownership of that. And it's not so taboo. Um, I still hear daily, I don't want to look like a real housewife. Yeah. Shamed any real housewives. (laughs) I know a lot of them. You're all beautiful. Um, But, you know, I think... I think women are owning their their own choice now. Right. And they're right. seeing it as something that's empowering as opposed to I need to fix this about myself. Right, right. And I and I feel like in the past perhaps what they were doing it for other people, you know, to 100%. stay attractive for their spouse mm-hmm. to, you know, kind of move up in the in the corporate ladder, right. but now I think women are doing it just because they want to feel good about themselves right. and it's an inner thing as much as it is an outer thing. hundred percent. So, you know, I spend 30 to 45 minutes with each of my patients and okay. they're in the chair and it becomes a therapy session usually, yeah. right? It's yeah, really yeah. intimate. So they're telling me about their life. I'm sharing about mine. Mm. And yes, they leave and I hope they feel, you know, the best they've ever felt. But yeah. it doesn't just, it's not just your face. It's right. not, you know, less wrinkles and more volume and plumping. Sure. It's, I want them to leave and feel like badasses, right? Absolutely. And most of my patients are badasses. So it's yeah. it's pretty cool. That's awesome. So tell me about, um, a little bit more about what you have seen in the marketplace as far as women in leadership and executive roles mm-hmm. in this industry because when you're when you're talking about injectors and you're talking about this conference you're really elevating the status of women in the mm-hmm. industry i would imagine 100% so you know traditionally it's been plastic surgeons which yes. was male dominated sure when you're talking about injectors it's female dominated which is pretty cool yeah. and most injectors are nurse practitioners um some are physicians assistants some mm-hmm. state their RNs, and majority of them are female. Um, our second conference is happening this weekend, and we have yet to have a male attendee. Wow. So yeah. we sold out twice. So it's pretty cool. Now yeah. we welcome the first male sure. <laughs> injector Absolutely. that wants to elevate his education and his skills. Um, and we've tried really hard to make sure that our speakers and educators are at least majority female. That's that's awesome because I think when women are learning from other women and empowering other women, that's when you really see us step into that power right. and own that. So I think that's fantastic. Well, good. So what obstacles and challenges have you had in building this business? <laughs> so, I mean, the 
The biggest one is that I went to school to be a nurse and then a nurse practitioner. Yeah. I have no business training at all. <laughs> right. I never yes. took an economics class. Mm-hmm. I admittedly am horrible at math. Um, I don't know how to use Excel. Yeah. So all of the things that you need to start a business, I didn't know how to do. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think back to the day we got this idea. And luckily, we were both, Jen and I, my partner, were established enough in our careers that the industry trusted us. Mm-hmm. Um, our representatives primarily female, backed us up, pushed us up, gave us the sponsorship that we needed. And we had a vision. We had a vision that didn't exist. Yeah. Um, There were plenty of conferences. Very few of them are retreat style owned by female. So we had that going for us. Yeah. But how to build a website. What the Mm. heck is SEO? Um, (laughs) You know, yeah, you want to sell products online? That's cool. Did you know that everybody that buys a product, you need to have a different tax code for them? I had no idea. So all of that. I mean, it was a huge learning curve. Um, I spent a year and a half kind of hunkered down figuring it out. And I think I sacrificed a lot of my other aspects, mm-hmm. um, my social life for sure. Absolutely. You know this. Yeah. You started several companies. Yeah. It can be a little yeah. lonely. Yeah. Um, Very lonely, which yeah. is one of the reasons I started the podcast because I feel like we need we need a, a little tribe. <laughs> you have to have someone that understands. And yeah. I've had the best support from my friends, but it's hard. Um, I've watched every YouTube I have Googled, Mm. I've listened to podcasts. Um, and then, you know, also hired the right people was a huge learning. Yeah, that's important. That is really (laughs) important is sometimes getting out of your own way and saying, I can do this if I spend X amount of money and X amount of Mm -hmm. dollars and X amount of this, you know, to, to teach myself or I can do what I'm good at and then hire the people who are good at that 100%. part. percent. <laughs> I mean, it's – and sometimes it takes, like you said, getting out of your own way. My husband yeah. has said to me, you know, you're spending a lot of time mm-hmm. packing your own product and shipping it out. It mm. might be time to, you know, do a 3PL. Yeah. Things like that. Yeah. So. Yeah. But that's that's stuff we don't really know, you know, like when we're building a business and and I mean, with my businesses in the beginning, I did everything myself and it was like, well, I'm just going to save money. I'm going to save money. But in the, in the long run, you kill yourself. Yeah. Like I could have been making money doing what I was good at Mm -hmm. instead of trying to learn how to do web design, which I'm not good at. I mean, I have sat trying to figure out, you know, web design on one page for hours, you know, until one or two in the morning. And that's not valuable for anybody. Absolutely. And there's so many great talented people out there that you Mm -hmm. can outsource to. I mean, even if you're going to like, you know, like a Fiverr or a gig site or whatever. We've we've used Fiverr to help with our website to revamp it um, before each conference. You know, we're still new. Our our second conference is happening this weekend. Mm -hmm. So we're still, we have so many things that we want to improve on, but Getting the right help and getting out of our own way, like you said, has been huge. Leaning into your own talents, spending your time doing what you're good at. Yep. And Mm -hmm. some of it's fun to like get a great team together. It really is. Well, and when you trust what somebody else's vision can be Mm -hmm. for your vision, it's almost like the most euphoric feeling because you're like, oh my gosh, somebody else understands. You get it. In my head. (laughs) Yes. Somebody else gets it. Somebody else understands that this is not just an entity that's living in my head and I'm Mm -hmm. envisioning something that can't happen. Like they get it. They totally get it. And they're going to help me get there. And then you see that product and you're like, that was the best money I've ever spent. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. 
Exactly. So have you had any mentors to kind of lead you through this process? A little bit. You know, um, I would say as far as entrepreneurs go, Mm -hmm. I have no entrepreneurs in my family. Um, My mom was a school teacher. She's the first person in my family to go to college. She's a huge inspiration, but um, she'll probably listen to this you know you're not good at technology, mom. Um, so she's been very little help with that. Yeah. But as far as um, mentors go, my business partner, Jen, was an entrepreneur before I even thought about being an entrepreneur as an injector. Awesome. Um, now, the conference was new to both of us. Mm-hmm. But as far as building my own aesthetic career and in injectables in Atlanta, she has been a huge asset. And, you know, the thing that she's done is freely give information yes. with no fear that it's going to cannibalize her business, which is so hard to find. It's very hard to find because I feel like this happens more with women than it does with men is that we become very protective of what we know, right? And we think if we tell Mm -hmm. people what we know, they're going to come and steal my business from me. Like we're more protective. And I don't know what that is. Like I don't know if it's because there's fewer women in executive level positions and they Mm -hmm. feel the need to protect that spot. Or if it's that, you know, it's that mentality of, you know, we can't give information away because I can't have anyone, you know, um, competing. It's, you know, women are competitive with each other. We are. You know, when we get dressed up in, you know, oh, at it's night, not it's, for the it's boys. never for no. the guys. <laughs> I didn't wear the pink jumpsuit. No, for you. It is, it is 100% for other women. Yes, 100%. <laughs> and so, yeah, I, and I think more people understand that, but. But I also think that, you know, with women, we have to learn how to empower each other. And that's the hardest thing to do sometimes because you want to make sure that you're empowering people who are going to rise up and make Mm -hmm. you proud. Yeah. So, but Well, I mean, and that's kind of the reward, right, is paying it forward a little bit. 100%. I've never seen anybody who mentored others fall behind. Never. Right? You're right. I mean, I've only seen that build people's careers up. I can think of a couple injectors um, in the community. One's Erica Berry. She's a fabulous injector. Um, She's kind of the godmother, right? She spreads her knowledge. She invites people into her clinic to watch her inject. She has been an educator before it was cool to be an educator, right? And I don't think it's hurt her career at all. Uh, I think it's done nothing but the opposite, right? So I, I hope that more females will start leading um, you know, with wanting to help other women, just because I think it's going to help their own career too. It's yes, a win-win. Absolutely. Well, and I always feel like whenever you light somebody else's fire, your fire doesn't diminish, no, right? It burns and so brighter. it yeah. always helps. It always helps. And then you have you have people who you know when you do have those down moments because we all go through them, right? Mm-hmm. Life is a roller coaster. Then those are the first people to step up and, and help you and cheer you on for yes. sure. You have to have you have to have that. It's not going to mm-hmm. always be an upward trajectory, but yeah, I think. Like you said, building your tribe is yep. is huge. So important, so important. So what do you, um, as women, we give our power away a lot, right? So I feel like we give our power away. It's like, you know, when you're in a corporate environment, oh, the team helped me to get here. We won this award because everybody else helped. And even if they did 90% of the work, they're giving all the credit to somebody right. else. So tell me about a time that you that you gave your power away. Mm -hmm. And tell me about another time that you stepped into your power and what was the difference between them? So I think, you know, let me just say this. I probably still give my power away on a daily basis. Anytime somebody gives me a compliment or 
congratulates our conference or my business, my first instinct, mm-hmm. unfortunately, is still to say, oh, you know, this is a temporary location. Right. Or they say, I don't know how you do it all. And I'm like, oh, I don't do it all. Right, right, right. And it's a bunch of crap. I do a lot. Right. <laughs> I am doing it I do it, it all, all and then it. some. <laughs> um, so I want to say that I still fail at this, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I've worked for for a couple practices. Um, and I will say that when I left to go out on my own, um, I let my boss kind of, um, let me know that I probably wouldn't be successful. Right. And, um, that I would eventually, well, that pretty soon I'd want to have a family and that would really Mm. interfere with what I was visioning for my life. Mm -hmm. First off, Politely, you have no clue if I would like to have children or right. not. And that's also my choice, right? <laughs> right. Um, so I think back to those moments when I think, okay, I let them kind of run all over me. Yeah. Um, but yeah. then the counter to that is I was leaving that practice to start my own, yeah. right? Yeah. And so I, I, let them, I let them take my power a little bit. And then I, I feel like I brought it back. Yeah. Um, and I think when I talk about my conference, I – own that power. Um, It's something I'm extremely proud of. I'm passionate about it. I I think anytime that that gets brought up, I'm, I'm not going to shy away and say, yeah, it wasn't, we didn't do this. We definitely did the whole conference. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. And I think that's really, it's really important to do that because when you're taking on new things and you're, you know, empowering others to, to say, Hey, look, yes, we're doing this amazing conference and everybody should come and that's how it gets built. And that's how you inspire others. So I think that's awesome. That's awesome. So tell me a little bit more about um, the mentors that you had in your life, because mm-hmm. I know that you had talked about um, your mother being a mentor yeah. and um, some other women in your industry. So tell me a little bit more about the guidance that you've sought out mm-hmm. as a woman in the in, you know rising up through your industry. Right. Like, what am I attracted to? You know, I I think that when I think. Who do I want my, what do I want my career to look like? Who do I want to kind of take little tidbits of knowledge from? You know, I want someone who is competent, right? Who's owned their career, who's kind of paved their way. Um, Speaking about my mom, you know, I grew up with a single mother. She worked several jobs. Um, And I think back to a lot of which I was kind of embarrassed about that financial upbringing or where we, our status. And I just think how great of her to not give a crap that her, you know, bratty teenager was upset and still work at the mall or sweep the, you know, hair off the hairdresser floor, whatever she had to do. I think that's really inspiring. Um, And then when I think about now in my career, who do I look to? I look to the females who are, you know, deciding what they want their life to look like and going after that, right? Mm -hmm. Whether you think it's manifesting or praying or whatever it is to you, I do think that we're in charge of our life. Yeah. Um, And yeah, you have to work really hard to build this life that you want. But I hear women say, oh, I wish I could do that. And I'm like, so go do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so I'm attracted to to leaders and females who are doing a lot of that. Um, I listen to a ton of podcasts. Yeah. Um, and a lot of them are entrepreneurs because I find that common thread through most mm-hmm. entrepreneurs. And I find it really um, attractive. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I'm the same way. I have some, you know, the CEO group I was telling you about before the podcast. That's a really big integral part of my life because it inspires me. It gives me that tribe of people that get it. Mm-hmm. They get what I'm going through. But it, it's also the people in the room, whether we're going through tough times or great times, it inspires me. It's motivating. Because, yeah, like I learn more from people's struggle stories mm-hmm. than their success stories. Because listen, we've all struggled every single human 
human being has struggled. We haven't all reached a level of success that we want to go and promote to the world, but we've all struggled. And so that's our common denominator. And so when we can bring it down to that, like we're all human, we've all struggled. And, you know, I was also raised by a single mom working many jobs. So I totally get that. And I was the same way. I was like, why don't you just get one job that pays you a whole lot of money. Right. Why don't <laughs> you know? why can't I buy the clothes that all of my other friends right. are, you know, why are we shopping at goodies? <laughs> right. right. To goodies, but yeah. Yeah, and it's hard when you're a teenager. It right? is because you you have your own image to maintain, mm-hmm. you know, and you're like nobody gets it, you know, yeah, like you I'm trying to be amazing. Mom. You were never a teenager, clearly. <laughs> so, you know, and, and my mom had a thing where um, you know, she would say, you know, I'm going to give you, you know, $10 or whatever for shoes, and if you want these name brand shoes you've got to go buy them on your own. And honestly, it was the best lesson ever because I was working since I was 13. I would go, she was waitressing at a restaurant and I would go and bust tables at that restaurant to get tipped out from the servers so that I could then go buy kids or whatever Whatever shoes that I wanted. (laughs) Um, So that, or Nikes or whatever, so that, you know, I could have the image I wanted, but I knew that that had a cost to it, right? And so it wasn't given to you. No, nothing it's a was given. That's, yeah. I wouldn't trade it. Obviously, no, no. And I think that work ethic is what trans. You know, mm-hmm. it just translates into what we're doing now, yeah, right? It's contagious, like, right? It's that tenacity mm-hmm. that you learn at a young age yeah. that translates into yes, I'm going to succeed. Watch me. <laughs> yeah, and please tell me I can't do it. I know. I love to do hear nothing, that. but make me do it and, and do it quicker and probably better. That's right. Exactly. So what advice would you give to other women who are trying to come up through the industry? Yeah. So I get messages on Instagram all the time asking, how do I become an injector? You know, I think that the number one thing to know is that it's an amazing career. Mm -hmm. I I wouldn't trade this for anything, Mm -hmm. but you don't see the hard work that comes behind it, right? So my first job out of school um, was part-time because that's all I could get. I yeah. applied to every job within like an an hour of driving radius, right? Yeah. So I took something yeah. part-time. I nannied. So I, here I was in debt up to my eyeballs from school. I'm a nurse practitioner and now I'm doing basically facials and a little bit of injecting. Right. Um, and I'm also nannying. And I did that for a year to make ends meet. And then I moved on to another job, right? So yeah. you, you have to be willing to do things that other people aren't willing to do. Yeah. Which is the case for most successful things in life, right? Absolutely. You're not going to walk into a job where you work, you know, four days a week making these big bucks. You think it just doesn't work that way. So my advice is that find out why you want to do it. Mm. Um, If you want to do it because you think that you wear like pretty clothes and heels all day, like it's the wrong (laughs) job, you know? Um, A lot of times I'm sweaty and I have stuff all over me by the end of the day. But, you know, why do you want to do it? And if you decide that you want to do it, then make it happen. Like Mm. I said, apply everywhere. This is what I tell everybody. I'm like, apply to every job. Um, Know that your first job is not going to be your dream job. Right. And then make those connections and the true connections. Don't just, you know, try to buddy up to think you're going to get a job, try to network and actually add some value to somebody else's is office, right? Absolutely. So yes. that's how you get in. How do you stay in? Yeah. You continue your education. Yeah, yeah. You know, you have to keep learning. You have to stay on top of it. Yeah. You have to be better than everybody else. You have to do something that somebody else isn't yeah, doing. Yeah. Well, and I find that there's a baseline of people who are willing to do 
a baseline level yeah. of work. Right. And so if you can rise yourself above that baseline, you'll always have a job. You'll always continue to be successful mm-hmm. because the baseline is it, it's the average. It's I always people people always say, "What are you afraid of?" And I used to say, since I was a teenager, I'm deathly afraid of being average. Yeah, you're as type A as I am. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you must exactly. be the oldest. <laughs> I am. Yeah, um, I feel that yes. to my core. Yeah, um, yeah. Or disappointing somebody. Right. And most importantly, myself. If I ever do something wrong, I tell everyone, I'm like, you don't have to be upset. I promise you I will be myself up for the Oh, yeah. Things, oh, know? yeah. 100%. 100%. So what advice would you give to your 18-year-old self? So that's actually – That's it. That's it. Yeah. Um, because I'm, I'm an only child, but I'm also mm. a perfectionist and very mm-hmm. type A. I'm extremely hard on myself, which served me well in school. My mom will sure. say she never asked me how to do my homework because uh, I usually yeah. had it done before I got home. That's um, awesome. But, you know, it's to ease up and it, it's still my my advice to myself. Life yeah. is short, right? Time yes. is all we have. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that my best self is usually when I'm on vacation and I've forgotten about the to-do list, yes. right? So I'm trying really hard this year especially to incorporate that into my day-to-day life of, yeah. of don't sweat the small stuff. It gets done, right? Mm-hmm. Um, try to pick your top three things you need to get done for the day and then stop beating yourself up that you didn't do 100 things. We talked about this before oh my we gosh. started. My to-do list is yeah. ridiculous. It and never I've, ends. Yeah. Well, and I've noticed that uh, a to-do list, like I can just add a billion things on there, mm-hmm. right? And it just grows and grows and grows. And I feel like I'm so unproductive. I'm so unproductive. Meanwhile, I've knocked 12 things off the to-do yeah. list, but I'm so unproductive because it wasn't 100. Right? Your self-worth cannot be we have to stop tying it yeah. to what did we get done that day, right, right? Right. Or what task was left undone. Yeah. Um, and we talked about this too. The the busier you get, the more you have to hire people that will help you. Um, yes. We can't do it all. We we cannot. We can nor, do a lot. Nor are we the best at doing it all. And right. I think that's where we ha- we get in our way. Right. <laughs> Is I'm not the best one to do every mm-hmm. part of this. It's like why we have this podcast studio. Yeah. Because Stone is great at this and I am terrible <laughs> at this stuff. <laughs> we need some help. So, so I would tell her to, you know, I think, first off, I had a lot of fun. Let's be very clear. I was type A, but, yes. but I was a fun 18-year-old. And I would encourage her to maybe have a little more fun, mm-hmm. um, you know stay out and eat the pizza with your girlfriends. Yeah. But yeah. also to just lighten up, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, don't sweat it so much. I 100% agree with that. So who inspires you? Oh, I was thinking about this um, on the way over here. You know, I, I think it's other entrepreneurs are where I yeah, really yeah. feel that inspiration. Um, it's usually my peers. Um, it's other injectors that I see innovating, doing great, great things. Yes. Um, it's usually female based, but it could be, it could be a male entrepreneur too. Yeah. Um, but I'm inspired by people that are paving their own way. Oh, me too. Me you know? too. I just want to cheer them on so much. There's so many people on LinkedIn that I follow mm-hmm. just because I love their posts. They're just, they're out Inspiring. there crushing it every yeah. day. And, and it's just, they, they lift up my day in mm-hmm. the morning when I'm reading through these posts. And if it's someone who's chosen a path that's a little unconventional, it that's like bonus points for yes, me. You know, yes. I think we think it has to look a certain way in a certain timeline. And I get inspiration by people who I'm like, wow, that is so cool that they take a month off and live in Europe every yes. year. And why can't yeah. we do that? Yeah, yeah. And I am inspired by people who I know are doing their very best despite some crazy circumstances, yeah. right? And doing it with a positive attitude. Yes. And I have patients like that. Yeah. You know, you you encounter different personalities mm. throughout the day. I have a couple that come in and and they're just 
always positive and they leave, I'm in a better mood. Yeah. And it's just a reminder that it's it's a mindset. We're in control of the way we feel and the way, you know, our emotions. A hundred percent. You're always in control of how you react to whatever it is that's happening, right? Yeah. So what's next for you? So this weekend, we're heading to, to Nashville for our Very cool. Aesthetics Love conference, Nashville. which will be amazing. Um, we have our second conference this year in San Diego. So it'll be our third. Um, I feel like the first one we were like, Fingers crossed. Let's not mess this up. The second one's a little bit more like we got to prove ourselves. The third one, the lineup is amazing. So um, we're launching those tickets soon. And we're finishing our build out um, in Atlanta. So our Very aesthetic cool. office will open early July. Oh, where's so it going to be located? It's in Dunwoody. Um, oh, and it's nice. called Lemon Avenue. We partnered with um, a practice out of Dallas to bring um, bring it to Atlanta. So we'll have to have you by. Very cool. I'd love to. And where can people find you? So Instagram is my main social media yeah. platform right now. It's the Atlanta Injector. I'm also on TikTok. Very cool. At the Atlanta Injector. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm still, still threatening to transition to TikTok. I haven't done it yet. <laughs> Rowan, you want to take that on? I know, right? <laughs> so yeah, it's it's a struggle. I don't know. I don't know that I'm talented enough, but thankfully I I've have got... some people I could, I could introduce you to that have helped me. I, yes. I won't even pretend like I run my own TikTok. Right, right. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay. So last question. What do you wish more people knew? Oh, if we want to talk aesthetics for mm. this, I wish more people knew that Instagram is fake. What you're seeing, what you're comparing yourself to every day is yeah. not real life. I try really hard to never post with filters. Yeah. Um, but it the editing apps are so good. And this, yeah. I have patients bringing in photos, first off, of themselves. And I'm like, delete that you. bad <laughs> angle. Just delete it. Um, but right. I, I want them to know that Instagram is not real life. Okay. Right? Good. I good, mean, I think good. that's the I think that's one. important. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I do amazing work. My patients still don't look like they have a filter. They still have pores. We're, we're moving our face because we're alive and we're human and that's good, right? right. Um, and then if you want to take it away from aesthetics, I think kind of what we touched on is that, you know, you're in, in charge of what your life looks like in five yes. years. So if you want to become an aesthetic injector, if you want to start your own company, um, um, yeah. you know, do it. Yeah. Yeah. And work hard. Don't, there's, yeah. there's no entitlement in entrepreneurialism. No. no. Yeah. You, you, you get what you work for. Exactly. Yeah. Decide you want to do it. You got to really love it and then yeah. go for it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much. This has been really enjoyable. I've thank really you for having me. So uh, our time has come to an end, but I just want to thank you so much for being here today. And I wish you so much luck thank and you. have fun in Nashville. Take some time during the conference to go and enjoy Broadway a little bit. Soak it all up. <laughs> Maybe get some cowboy boots. Yeah. Maybe grab some cowboy boots and have a, you know, have a good time. In I Nashville. will. Thank you so. for having me. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you for joining our guests on the Pretty Powerful Podcast. And we hope you've gained new insight and learned from exceptional women. Remember to subscribe or check out this and all episodes on prettypowerfulpodcast.com. Visit us next time. And until then, step into your own power.